Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. I live for music. Do you know what's so interesting is that, um, you know how they say that you should turn your hobbies into your purpose or your job or whatever. I also feel like sometimes there are some hobbies that are just for you. Do you know what I mean? Like some of the things that give me life is like singing and listening to music, but I don't think I'll ever like do something with it. I don't think it's like my calling, but it's like this personal intimate thing that is just like me and my relationship with music. And it just makes me so happy and fulfills me so much. You Mm -hmm. know, I love that you, you've shared that with me before where you're like, there's some things that are for you. Yeah. And that's okay. I honestly am someone that thinks everything is for me to tell everybody about. So it's been kind of an interesting journey for me to figure out what's for me, what's not for me. Well, I wonder if that's a gift 36 because gift 36 is about like, I know 35, sorry. Because I have the 36 and we plug into each other that way. But I wonder if you're 35 because it's about like passing on your experiences and like speaking about your experiences you know, oh, that th- probably applies to you to, to share things, share other things and pass everything on. Interesting. You know? Is that the life's in- information keepers one or is that 35? I'm talking about 30. You have 35. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you said 36. I have 36. Oh, because I think you told me that didn't we, when we looked up Taylor's chart, we, uh, Taylor she Swift. has Taylor Swift's chart. She has gift 36. 35. Oh, she has 36. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. said to me, it was something, will you tell me what gift 36 is? So 36, and if you're in the app, you know that it's about like shining a light on like darker or more uncomfortable or unseen things and turning it into light. And it's not necessarily that you're directly turning it into light, but you're bringing levity to things by being unafraid to go there and explore those aspects of life that you know are not so kind of pleasant but all you need to do to transmute them is like bring them up shine light on them bring awareness to them whether it's in yourself or to other people or however you do it there's obviously a million ways to do it um but it's like when you drag something out of the shadows you realize it isn't so bad you know so is that tell me why you thought it made sense that taylor had gift 36 do you remember we were walking through the park one time yeah it was when her her last album came out we were like we were having like a whole taylor swift power because obviously we're two projectors and we love um just like looking at things and trying to um get like lessons and and um sort of I guess like spiritual we try to see like energetics and spirituality behind literally everything everything (laughs) so we were we were looking at um her chart and it made sense to me just because like I feel it from her that she's and I think it makes some people uncomfortable that she's like unafraid to talk about things or bring up like the uglier parts of life but it makes yeah. it she makes it so light like that song anti-hero she's talking about like her mental health neuroses and her vices and 
you know, the things that she worries about. Or even in, for example, Reputation, I remember that album was kind of, um, and, you know, she has Gift 38 and the 39 as well. So she, she does have like that slightly sort of like abrasive, not afraid to ruffle feathers energy. So the thing about gifts and your design chart in general, if you don't know, is that, you know, there's no one thing that is um, in isolation. So it's about layering those things together. So for example, having the 36 and having it in combination with the 38 would make it so different than having the 36 without the 38. And that's just one example upon how many layers in that can constitute someone's chart. So when I look at her chart and I see the 38 and the 39, which is like being unafraid to kind of... Um, say things or do things or stick your neck out to kind of be a warrior of the light and fight the good fight, right? And have that slightly um, affrontive energy combined with the 36, which is like the willingness to like look at things that are in the dark, in the shadows and bring them into the light. It kind of, it just makes so much sense to me that, you know, the Reputation album, she was talking about things that most stars don't want to talk about, right? Right. And I feel like um, as someone who's been a fan of her for I mean, I literally since I was 15 years old when mm. she was I mean, probably earlier than that, um, I feel like reputation was like a major turning point for her where she because when you're looking at someone's chart, it's funny that you started that we started this episode talking about how, you know, you have these things that are for other people and not for other people that have to do with your purpose. Mm. Like music is probably an interest of hers when you're like looking at her chart it's not like our chart says her chart says that she's supposed to be a music artist mm -hmm. it's about how she uses those interests and skills right and i feel like reputation was like a turning point where all of a sudden the world really got behind her after that like it, i feel like the world she felt like the world was really against her for a really long time and obviously there's still people that don't love taylor swift like that's just mm -hmm. the name of the game like not everyone's gonna like you when you're doing things on a massive scale but I think people can agree that energetically people are more drawn to her mm. in post that era of her life and she's in her prime interesting you know what I mean yeah and uh so maybe it's because she started really leaning into some of those things yeah. because I do want to point out and I want you to explain her life theme like that's the thing that, you know, you're supposed to infuse into everything that you do. She's the cross of con confrontation. Yeah. So the 20, so for people who are listening to this that have never even heard anyone talk about human design, cause maybe you're just interested in Taylor Swift and you're <laughs> listening to it because of that. Um, we're talking about there's lines, the lines that are connecting the different shapes in your chart. They each mm -hmm. have like a different energy to them. Mm hmm. And it can show us what, can you tell us what like the life theme is and then mm, so a little the life bit about theme, what hers is. So the life theme is a combination of your four most prominent or important gifts and they come together to kind of explain um, your purpose in this life. And it's not to say, it's never as specific as saying you need to be a singer because the thing is, is that whatever your karma is, um, you can express that across so many different ways and what you want to do is apply it to the things that you really love or are passionate about or are skilled in so um her you know life theme is the cross of confrontation that means she's here to confront things she's here to um you know push boundaries she's here to you know ruffle some feathers she's here to have impact on people she's here to um be a little bit um nudgy or provokey or you know what I mean so it's interesting because you know 
there's there's 192 different life themes, right? Um, and so obviously there are other people that share this life theme with her, but there may be, you know, being a dentist, but it would be about the energy that you bring when whatever service and whatever, um, you know, product or gift you're sharing with the world, it's like, you and I could be doing the exact same job role, but if we have different life themes, the way we would express in that job role would be different mm-hmm. or, would, or you'd want it to be different anyway, right? So if she was, um, if she had the, you know, cross of the four ways, which is about looking after people, that would be a different kind of singer, right? Mm-hmm. Than someone who's a cross of confrontation. Yeah, that's why it's like it's so hard to even compare two people doing the same, like even two singers like Adele and Taylor. They're completely different experiences. And yet yeah. equally, yeah, in my opinion, like talented and yeah. impactful just in different ways. Yeah. So to loop it back around, I feel like she really started leaning into that, you know, disruption of an industry and like being OK with being the person that is disrupting things. Mm. You know, she's speaking up about um like i guess in her 1980 and 89 era she was like speaking up about how artists weren't being paid properly by um, streaming services and that's kind of like i feel that was her leaning into that Mm. disruption of industry Mm. and then even now with like the re-recording of her albums that is like taking a stand for Mm -hmm. songwriters Mm -hmm. and showing artists that young artists that you know the contracts that she that she signed when she was so young, having no clue that she was going to be fully right, like participating in the writing of her work. And Mm -hmm. even though obviously she knew she wanted to, but you just don't know back then. So she's like taking a stand for artists now to like, be smart about those decisions that they're mm-hmm. making. She's like, and the tickets thing too, right? Ticketmaster. So to me, I'm like that. That makes sense to me that her tour is something that provoked change in yeah. a big company like Ticketmaster, mm-hmm. and like her her fans are participating in disrupting, yeah, an industry, even not the music industry, but like something that impacts the music industry, like her impact on that that's her being in her yeah life theme in her purpose yeah it's not necessarily performing on stage well exactly and that's the thing that we see as like the job description but it's the energy and the the things that are happening really that's like you know the music is just the trojan horse obviously the music is incredible and it lifts people and it changes frequency and it makes people happy and it entertains people and all those things but if you think about on a soul level what her work is, she's achieving that through the medium of being a musician. But the mu- being a musician is not the thing. Which is just, I feel like that completely messes with our perspective of what purpose is. Yeah. Like everything about it is yeah. crazy. So Well, also sometimes some life themes are more specific. Like, for example, your brother's. My brother. <clears throat> your brother's is like very, very specific to um, spaces and physical spaces and improving physical spaces and he's in construction so some of them are more literal than others just like everything in the chart there's some gifts that are much more literal and others are more esoteric that you have to grasp some of them are sort of like easier gifts and some of them are you know ones that are more challenging to contend with or master and obviously that will also depend on where you're at right because someone else would find it maybe very difficult to embrace um, going into, you know, the industry of making spaces better. But then for him, that's easy. But I always think, you know, someone said it to me in such a good way once, which is like, everyone gets 100 points in life. So where your easy is, is someone else's hard. 
if you find it really easy or you see someone else find it really easy, the thing that you find hard, don't worry because there's something else that they're challenged with. Like there is, in a way on that level, there is a perfect equality in this world because everyone has their things. Yeah. You know, everyone has the things that they find difficult. No one has nothing. And, you know, and I don't like using this word, but obviously it's just a saying where they say new levels, new devils. Wherever you're at, there's always going to be the next challenge to push you, to grow you. And it's the same with the deeper you live your design, the more aligned you get, no matter how high you go. Like that was a, probably a ch huge challenge for her with the tickets and people getting mad about the new system and the crashing and the whatever. So it's it's almost, I find it very grounding to realize that there's no place of success or accolade or recognition that you can get to to make the human journey go away. You yeah. know what I mean? Your always life is always going to push you to evolve into your next level. And it does use challenges to get there. But it also then, to me, that means that challenges aren't as heavy because you're like, oh, it's just part of the rules of the game. And there's nothing that I can't overcome that's being sent to me because the, the universe uses sending me a problem to push me towards a solution. So the way they say in Kabbalah is like the solution gets created before the problem. And the problem is just the thing, the little nugget that the universe drops on your path to initiate the change in you, to create the change in you, right? So for her, if she's like, you know what? I'm just imagining this. If she's like, Do you know what? I just, I'm so sick of having to have, you know, shit come at me or whatever. But then the universe is like, no, no, no. Like, we're going to give you this issue with the tickets. And she's like, all right, I'm going to show up then, you know. Yeah. I'll do, I guess I'll do my thing because we have to constantly do our life theme. We have to constantly live our purpose. And, like, infuse it into everything that we yeah. do. Like, it's it's going to push. It's like life is going to put those opportunities in front of us regardless. And obviously she's, like, a massive superstar that is on a very large stage in front of millions of people. So her stuff kind of feels probably a little bigger. But, mm -hmm. you know, she has the capacity for that. If she's yeah. in that position, then she has the capacity for yeah. it. Yeah. But it is very relieving to think about it that way in the sense that you don't have to plan out your spiritual growth. You just have to know that the universe has got you on this curriculum. Whatever's in front of you is the next thing you have to deal with. And then there'll be the next thing and then there'll be the next thing. And it's not to say like you're constantly on this, you know, carousel of challenges. But if you're in a happy season or if you're falling in love, then just be falling in love. Like don't worry about healing unless it's coming up or don't worry about a trigger unless it's coming up like it will always be brought to your door and the success of you doing it is whether you're able to um pay attention to it and be present to it or not um i always think that it's such a disservice if we you know are trying to the universe is like trying to make us look at a but yet we're because we're looking at social media and everyone's talking about B, we're like trying to force ourselves to address B when actually everyone is on such a different journey that, um, you know, growth or healing or success or whatever, there just is no common agenda or common way to get there. You, you don't know? have to go looking for the things that are going to lead to your next level. No, they're going to be right in front of you. Yeah. I want to read you this because it could not be more perfect timing that 
she gave this speech, you're going to die. Like when okay. I read this to you, because it's literally like the exact reason why we, we wanted to even talk about oh. someone like her. I was like, oh, okay, good thing we waited till Tuesday. Wow. Um, and cause it was literally last night. Yeah. The iHeartRadio was, uh, awards were last night and she won the innovator award. Wow. So I'm going to read to you what her acceptance speech is. Okay. I never a single time woke up in the morning and thought, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to go innovate some stuff. Things need to be innovated and I'm the one that to do it. Huh. But what I did do was try to make the right decisions for me at the time, whether wow. or not I did it or whether or not it had ever been successfully done before. And I think maybe that might be the key because oftentimes in any industry, people are looking for a precedent or, you know, data that shows the idea is a wow. good one. I knew you're going to love this. Or a feasible one. People want an example of something working before, but I think the coolest moves or ideas or choices are the new ones, the ones that set a new precedent. I'm very privileged because my fans have backed me up in a lot of the decisions I've made, like switching genres or re-recording all of my own music. Wow. But I do want to say the thing with the the thing with these exciting nights and moments, and specifically this award that I'm so lucky to have gotten, is that they're shining they're shining a light on the choices I made that worked out, right? The ones that turned out to be good ideas, but I really want everyone to know, especially the young people, that the hundreds or thousands of dumb ideas that I've had are what led me to my good ideas. You have wow. to give yourself permission to fail. I try as hard as I can not to fail because it's embarrassing, but I do give myself permission to, and you should too. So go easy on yourselves and just make the choices that feel right for you. And someday someone might think you've been innovative. Wow. Right? And she's yeah. a six two. That's brilliant. Well, we're assuming based off of like cause we can't know her exact chart, but I mean after multiple conversations of like checking throughout the day, it's kind of we've sort of landed on this time frame of what we think she is. Mm. And I think we think she's a six two, which would wow. just make so much sense. Yeah. Right? I've the first sentence was so big about like not trying. I think so many times we try to reverse engineer by coming up with this like giant thing. Like I'm an innovator is my purpose. Right. Well actually and it always comes back to using your strategy and your authority in the sense that, you know, is your um are you supposed to respond as a generator? That would be a strategy. And are you gut intuition or emotional intuition or whatever it is? Because it the alignment and how you get to that kind of um, place of mastery in your own life, whatever that looks like, is like not having to come up with this grand plan for where you want to end up and then kind of like try to reverse engineer how you get there from a logical place of how what she's saying like how you've seen it happen before because especially now because the world is changing so much and because we're individuating so much right um you know we're already seeing in the creator economy that people that are being really individual are um, so if you need a precedent, you know, those, those people are benefiting. Those people are winning, right? So it's almost like we have to give ourselves the permission to not know where it's ending up and give ourselves the licensing to know that, for example, if an intuition is coming to you, it's a feeling, right? It's not a mind thing. It's not something you can make sense of. We did a post recently that said, if you can explain your intuition, it's not your intuition. And that's so big. But if you can trust those things, and not even make it about trusting yourself or not trusting yourself, but understanding that those come to you. And that's kind of like the GPS that's coming to you from the universe. And your job is just to listen. And then 
be okay with not knowing exactly where it ends up because by the way even people that think they know where it ends up that doesn't work out for them and life is one big unknown anyway so the more comfortable we get in the fact that the rule of the rules of the game are that it's unknown you know and to see it as magic and mystery um you know i think that's the cool thing and obviously her being a 62 I love what she said about failure too, because if you know when you have a six, which is a role model in your profile, um, and you can check that on the app because there's 12 different profiles, but when you have the six in your um, profile, which is that role model archetype animating itself through you, the first 30 years of your life is trying a lot of different things and failing at a lot of different things and succeeding at a lot of different things because that's your process of understanding what works and what doesn't, right? Um and it doesn't mean that you need to fail at a lot of things, but it just means that you need to almost play with, and this kind of applies to everyone, but specifically it's funny that it's coming from her, but it, I love that she's giving licensing to people to not, um, you know, she's not getting up there and being like, you need to just think about being an innovator. You know what I mean? And look what I did and whatever. It's like really breaking down the process. And you can tell she's aligned when she's saying it that way because she really is just trusting her moment to moment process and not taking it as, I think there's a lack of shame with failure that she's bringing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's the reason why so many, there's obviously other reasons, but you know, looking stupid or whatever, like it's, that's only bad if you feel shame for that, right? Right. If you feel like, um, if you see the humanness in everyone's journey, then it's hard to feel ashamed about pretty much anything you can do. You know what I mean? So getting it wrong or looking silly or all this other stuff she talks about in her music, like the reason why she's okay talking about it is because she doesn't think of herself as an lesser human being or unlovable human being or whatever so for me the not shaming yourself for anything that you can be feel think is such a big unlock because it helps you trust then your emotions or your gut or whatever your authority is yeah because um, you know that it can't lead you wrong and I love too that I feel like she's in a place where she doesn't and I, I like the way she says this is in a way that's like not putting herself on a pedestal which is like very new paradigm to mm -hmm. be like it's not because I'm special. It's because I just trusted myself. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like the best way to be innovative mm -hmm. is to listen to your own strategy and authority. If we're mm -hmm. to translate it into human design talk, yeah. listening to your strategy and authority is how you are the most innovative that you can be as a person because yeah. it's like access to, you know, wisdom that, you know, our, our minds can't necessarily process or mm -hmm. might not be able to fathom so yeah. when she was in rooms with people who had been in the industry for years and she knew like there was actually another um like award long time ago that she accepted an award um in her early years where this song called our song she wanted to put it on her album and she was like well my high school friends love this song and the, whoever was in the room, I don't know who these important people were that were in the room. I think we can probably guess, but we don't know. And um, they were like laughing, like you don't want to make business decisions based off of what your high school friends like. And in her head, she's thinking, that's my demographic. Mm. And so she's always followed her gut. And our song was like one of her very first smash hits. Wow. And so she, in, in the acceptance, I think she said, so apparently you can you know, mm. make those decisions based off. So she's really like, 
I feel probably looking back, the reason why she can be so retrospective and, you know, in this way is because she's looking back and she go, she's going all my best decisions, all these things that you're telling me that were me being innovated were just me trusting myself when I didn't have evidence of mm-hmm. that it was going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then with the, the six two thing, obviously I so relate to the three. Obviously. Yeah. 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 It's so interesting, isn't it? Because as well, like I think um, if you go one level deeper, you can kind of understand that if she's here, we all can trust ourselves, right? But there's a way that you would do that out of ego, right? If that wasn't a line for you to say, I want the song that my high school friends listen to. So again, it's there's no such thing as the blanket advice of stick up for everything right. that you and and don't take anyone else's no for an you know what i mean like this is where you really have to understand and this is why it comes back to your authority because if it's coming from your authority rather from than from the ego or the mind stories or the lack or the fear or the conditioning right um it will be a completely different energy right so if you're saying um if you're not listening to other people's wisdom, for example, and not sitting with it and saying, hold on, do they have a point? For example, that might be your karma. Mm. That might be your work in that situation. Do you know what I mean? So this is where it's really about becoming your own energy reader because there's nothing that anyone did that directly guarantees that the same thing will work for you. Right. You know, if someone is listening to this, because I think we've mentioned strategy and authority a couple of times, if someone's listening to us and they don't know what the heck you're talking about, Mm -hmm. What is, can you just explain what strategy and authority so, is and why why you're tying it back to this? Yeah, so your strategy and authority in human design are like the two, um, they're sort of like the key, they're the tools, they're the animators of what makes your whole life aligned. So when you're looking at your human design, there's like, you know, you're good at this, this is your digestion, this is your strongest of your six senses, this is how your brain works, you know, there's so much fun information. But your strategy and authority are the pieces that are not really saying so much about who you are. They're more how you actually get aligned to all of those things. And what they say traditionally in human design is that actually, even if you knew nothing about the rest of your chart, if you just followed your strategy and your authority, you would naturally end up doing the things that are listed in your chart. So you would naturally end up eating the way your digestion would Um, guide you to because your gut would tell you that or your emotions would tell you that if you're clear enough if you're deconditioned enough and if you've strengthened the voices of your intuition more than the voices of the outside right and the reason why it's called your authority is because it makes you the authority of your own life right so you're not outsourcing the power to you know collective conditioning societal norms people you look up to, external voices. And it really does break down the whole fabric of life because even take digestion, it doesn't matter how many people tell you that, you know, you need to mix, always eat spinach with lemon to absorb the vitamin D or whatever. Like it really makes you realize that there's, this is true for some, but it doesn't have to apply to you. And making the decision based on that knowledge is wrong. It's whether you resonate with it that makes it right. And from a gut place rather than an intellectual place. Like someone can come up with a very tight story about, you know, make it sound so convincing. Like, oh my God, yes. And then that boosts your energy and this and that. And it gives you this and the antioxidants and the 
prevention of da 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 and studies have shown and da 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 but that's still us making the wrong decisions. That's us making decisions from our minds, right? So strategy and authority, you know, I say this to people all the time. It's like wanting to know a lot about your human design is wonderful and I love nothing more than reminding people who they really are. But if you want to change your life, if you want to feel like you are in charge of your life, it's a muscle that you have to flex and you do that by listening to your strategy and authority. So your strategy um, would either be informing, responding, being carried or being invited, depending on what you are. It's directly tied to your, whatever your energy type is. And then your intuition or your authority is tied to which part of your body is the sort of MVP decision maker in your chart. So for some people, the part of them that is in charge with making life decisions for them is their emotions. So that would be like how that thing makes you feel when you think about it. Um, there's obviously so much more um, detail of this in the app or on our website. Um, but Or it could be your gut. So it's about whether you feel excited about something viscerally from a body place or whether you have um, a measurable physical response to something like you perk up or you say, ooh, or you feel that kind of buzz in your body or your spleen. And I could go on and on. But the key really is to understand that the reason why our bodies are supposed to be in charge of making the decisions for us, like the mechanical every day, like what's the right, you know, thing to eat or the time to sleep or do I feel like going to this thing? Does it resonate with me and whatever? When we can automate all of that and even all the way up to a business decision, for example, then our minds are free because our minds were never, ever designed to be in charge of those inner machinations. And the mind is supposed to be directed outwards at observing life. And the mind is supposed to observe and come into its genius because of what it sees from the outside world and the specific way that you process what you see, what you hear, what you feel, what you intuit, what you whatever, and then become excellent at something. So it can't even, you don't even give it a fighting chance to be freaking brilliant and you don't even give yourself a chance to be in your genius a type of genius that as Taylor Swift said, like we don't even, there's no precedent for it. We, no one on the outside world could even tell you what your genius looks like, but we're just shutting it down at day one because we're using that mind on all the wrong things. And that's where strategy and authority really is like the most important. And, it, you know, it doesn't sound the most glamorous part of it at all. And so people just go, yeah, I got to listen to my gut. But Honestly, if it's a, it's you have to pra If you can practice that and work it daily, work it silly, work it till you've, you know, apply it to absolutely everything. That's when the compound effect really starts to happen, and you're like, oh wow! Because if you made the one aligned decision yesterday, that already landed you in a better place today, and then you make another aligned decision today, and then that wound you up. That sets you up for better tomorrow. So, the amount of levels that you can jump is crazy and the best thing is the amount of peace you feel in your body because your mind is not running on the next thing and trying to figure out the next thing and whatever you have this like deep trust in this dance between you and life where it's like okay I'll know the next decision when it comes to me and I don't have to pre-think it I don't have to figure out what the next thing to, for me to decide is you know and so your whole body literally 
comes at rest and this like a deep rest where things can be going on on the outside and it's not to say that that never gets disturbed but things can be going on on the outside but you just know okay when my emotions tell me that's how I make the decision and I know if I tune into it that will be the right one and it's not about me it's not about having to run outside of me and get all this information it's not about me having to you know be so insecure that I need to then worry and then I'm having anxiety or I'm having ADHD or I'm having you know tight digestion you know that's my thing and always when I'm flexing my emotional authority and listening to it those go away completely Mm. like I always have a tight solar plexus and obviously the solar plexus is the emotional center right um so it's just interesting because sometimes it's the simplest and this is true for all spirituality but and you know what she's saying is deeply spiritual in that speech too it's always the simplest things but they're the easiest things to overlook because they don't sound that shocking, especially in today's world. We want the thing that's like, oh my God, like, you know, waking up and doing 17 minutes of this specific complicated thing and then plus one minute of cold plunge and then this is like the thing that is the number one cancer antioxidant prevention, da, da, da. Like, that's the thing that we like because it's novelty, because it's different, because it's whatever. But it's really the simple, simple things that you understand on a deeper level every single time. Like I was thinking about it this the other day when you're like oh at first new to spirituality like everything happens for a reason yeah you know and then you get deeper and you're like oh everything happens for a reason (laughs) and then you go deeper than that and you're like oh (laughs) everything happens for a reason the change of tone (laughs) yeah you know it says so much yeah yeah and um And also when you're like hearing the things like everything happens for a reason, the question is always how. So even hearing a speech like this where it's like just trust yourself or Mm -hmm. let yourself fail. It's like, okay, how? What does that Mm -hmm. look like? Which is why I was really excited to bring that up in this conversation because your human design chart is really like your how, you know, and you're I'm so glad you brought up strategy and authority because that really is the how to do those things. Um, And I love that on such a big stage, she can say stuff like that. It's so cool. Yeah, it's so, so cool. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about is that when I was telling you about me going to the concert, um, you were looking at the dates of the shows and how she had so much downtime, mm-hmm. like basically put in between. Obviously, yeah, let's just give people context. Taylor, this Taylor <laughs> is like a massive Taylor Swift fan and you ended up going to the first two nights. Yeah. So I was asking her about it as I am so curious usually about like all these different we just love to. Go it's alignment. Yeah, I mean, we're curious about alignment. Anyone we love that's it. out in the world doing something that seems like has good energy it doesn't have to be something big because sometimes people do big things and they're not aligned, right? But whenever we kind of sniff that, like someone's in their lane, we like love to go yeah. in. Yeah, discuss we're like, it. Why? 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 <laughs> what are they doing? That's our. our we just love talking that's, about that. That's our projector fascination. It is. Um, you know, our specific ones, and not every projector enjoys that for sure. Um. But yeah, it's true when you sent me her tour dates and I was like, wow, she's like built in regularly. Like she'll do two nights of a concert and then there'll be like six nights off in between. And they don't normally do that with concerts because or tours, I should say, because it's expensive to keep um, all the equipment, all the staff hired to move everything. They usually try to pack it in. And I was like, that's so interesting that she's built in so much downtime in between her. But I think it's because, and again, we don't know her exact chart because Mm -hmm. we don't know her exact birth time. And there's 
variations throughout the day where she could potentially her energy type, which is like the very first thing you would see if you're looking up your chart on the app or if you're looking up your chart Mm -hmm. on our website, the very first thing you would see would be your energy type. And so she could potentially be a projector or a manifester Mm -hmm. throughout um, different points of the day. But we're pretty convinced that she's a manifester. Mm -hmm. So it actually makes so much sense that she's building in downtime as a manifester. Will you explain why I'm saying that? Yeah. And even if she's a projector, it would also make sense. But and everyone needs rest, you know, and I love that she's doing it in a different way, not the normal way that people do tours, but it just doesn't surprise me. And I have like mad respect for the fact that she obviously understands her energy patterns on some level and is using working around that rather than, um, you know, just listening to the status quo. And she obviously, you know, knowing that she's got tons of time to rest probably makes her actual performances and her concerts and her energy, like it takes so much energy to do a concert. It takes so much energy to do a concert. It takes so much energy to do the concert that she's doing. Like it's literally a three hour and 15 minute set. Mm. She sings 44 songs and she is dancing the entire time yeah there's maybe like three minutes of downtime for her like there's points where she does quick changes that are on stage there's points where she does yeah it it was you would think because she's singing songs from all 10 because we haven't even talked about the concert at all Mm. but um you would think that even though she's singing songs from 10 different albums and each of the albums had a different sort of like set up like the set would change with every mm-hmm. single time she changed what album she was singing about and her outfit would change with every time she sang from a different album. So she had 10 different outfit changes and 10 set changes. But still, the way they did it was so seamless because obviously they had to put so much in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I swear three minutes total that she not sing in that three hours and 15 minutes. So obviously Amazing. no matter what your energy type is like yeah that's you're gonna have to it's really like take super care of human, yourself like what we're talking about it's like athlete level but what's so interesting you know adele is at the top of her game as well and um she's definitely a manifester and the way she's doing it is she's just changing her outfit i don't know if you know this but you know her residency in vegas yep. she has a different outfit each performance but she wears the same outfit for the whole night. Mm-hmm. So she has these custom outfits every single time. But so when you see her, she's not wearing anything that you've seen her already wear on social media. Yeah. And she's wearing something custom, but she stays in it the whole performance. Which is so crazy how different two yeah. singers can be doing it. Exactly. I also saw something about Adele because obviously we do know she's a manifester mm-hmm. too. So she and everyone like we said in the beginning, every singer, whether that's like their pur- like their purpose or not, it's like how they go about doing that yeah. role. There's these two people are couldn't be more different in the mm-hmm. way that they approach their um, their work. Like I heard a, uh, Adele talking about how she realized that she hates stadiums, even though she has you know sold out stadiums in Australia for I think that I saw something where she had like a show that had like 90,000 people at it Wow! and she was saying because she's doing this residency and it's more in like an intimate Mm -hmm. theater and she's like I've always thought I wasn't like a big performance artist like I she's like it gives me so much anxiety to do those massive shows but she's like this um, or she's like I've never like thought of myself as a good like live artist but she said that this um 
residency has changed that for her and she's realized that she just does better in the intimate settings right so she's like this size is perfect for me and that's so, so she's realized that about yeah. herself which is and, so cool and that's another form of deconditioning because it's like oh there's the way that you're supposed to do it and then there's a journey of me realizing that I can be successful without doing it the normal way, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's comforting, I think, as well for people to realize, like, again, no matter what level you're at, you're learning, you're uncovering other layers of where you're breaking the status quo because you're individuating. And there's always going to be more levels of how you can individuate and break away from the molds that we get fit into. And there's layers upon layers upon layers upon layers of molds you know um and you know it we're pretty sure Adele's a manifester Taylor Swift could be a manifester so that also goes to show same energy type right but also so many different things underneath that that would make them you know completely different but I guess where they're similar as well as Adele and I think I've shared this story before but she um she was on an interview once being like, and it's so manifesto because their energy is either like full on, full on going or they're like dead to the world, which you could say that about Taylor Swift oh, too. a thousand percent. And um, she's like, you know, there's a reason why my albums are like 21 and then I, you know, promote the album and then I literally am dead to the world, disappear. And then I'm out again, full force with 25, you know? Um, so there's like three, four years in between every time she does this like big burst of creativity. And then, you know, you have like Mariah Carey, who's, you know, the most successful female artist of all time. She's on stage. She doesn't move. And we think she's a projector. I swear to you. You think she's a projector? Mm-hmm. You love Mariah Carey. I love Mariah Carey. I feel like Mariah, Mariah Carey is like your Taylor Swift, right? I don't know because I'm also you Beyonce. Used to say I that. don't know. Like Mariah Carey is my Taylor Swift, but Beyonce is also my Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe when Beyonce tours, we'll do a Beyonce episode. Oh, yeah. And she's a generator, right? She's a generator. Do we know these things for sure? Or? Beyonce is pretty sure a generator. And Mariah Carey, we have looked at um, different times through the day. And they're mostly um, projector. And there's obviously people on the internet. You can never tell for sure about birth you time really and can. stuff. But it just makes me laugh because she just gets carried. I'm sure you've seen videos of this. Like, she just gets carried on stage. She barely moves. But, <laughs> but the thing is... The voice is so moving that you don't, again, you don't have to sing and dance. You don't have to change outfit 25 times. You can change outfit 100 times if you want. It's all up for grabs and we get to design it how we want you yeah. know, in a way that makes us feel good. And with the manifester thing, if Taylor is a manifester, I find it fascinating too that there was like her early career where I feel like she felt like she had to be out there all the time, which is like a manifester thing where you feel like you have to be going, 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 going all the time and like staying in front of people to stay relevant. Yeah. But then when she had the stuff happen post-1989 where she did disappear mm. and she really kind of probably for the first time in a long time like did that dead to the world thing that mm-hmm. is like really great for a man like it's mm-hmm. proper for a manifester yeah. and then came back with reputation and then the lockdown happened and she had to disappear from the world mm. and then she came out like two albums two al- like <laughs> when she finally started honoring that sort of process that adele mm-hmm. seems to have you know mastered as a manifester mm-hmm. look at what has happened to her career yeah also with reputation is like when she really stopped i feel my assumption is that that's when she really stopped caring what people thought. Mm -hmm. And she was like, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. And she didn't care who was following her, which is also, you know, yeah, really important for a manifester of just doing their thing and not caring who was following them. And that's when the people started, you know, being drawn to her in droves. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
so interesting. And obviously that whole like Kanye West, you know, um, interrupting her, except, you know, her award or whatever it was back then. Mm -hmm. Like it also just goes to show, like my dad told me this story about how someone asked Chairman, one of the Chinese presidents about what they thought about, you know, was the Chinese emperor empire like literally 300 years before like what do you think do you think the chinese empire was like a good decision or something like that and he was like it's too soon to tell mm. you know and so i think so many of us we're so afraid of failing not belonging not being good enough whatever that we we zoom in on thinking that we know all the different um turns of the drama of the story of life you know and yeah, that could have destroyed someone's career if she'd maybe thought about it differently, if she'd had a different consciousness, if she'd reacted to it differently, right? So it's never about what happens to us. It's about the way that we allow it to change us, evolve us, how we, mm, how our frequency adjusts because of it, you know? Um, and that's what I find so fascinating is like there isn't anyone who's gotten to that level who hasn't, you know, everyone has challenges. It's that's what I, you know, to come back to the beginning of the of the um, episode, it's like ev we are so equal in that way. Always, you know, and so. that we can, you know, even though maybe most people are not experiencing life on a stage in front of millions of people we're all learning the same things. Yeah. You know, everything that we've talked about that, you know, Taylor's going through or that mm. these artists are doing in order to follow their purpose, all of these things apply to all of us. Yeah. Like we all, I think, I can't remember what episode we talked about it, but we all have access. You said this, like we all have access to those genius levels mm -hmm. of what our work here is. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not, you know, standing in front of stage of, of millions of people, like, that feeling of alignment that Taylor has when she's up there, when you're looking at her and you can smell it in the room, how aligned she is. And that's what like draws people so much. You're like, wow, like I want that. Like it brings me to tears. Like mm. my fiance was standing next to me and he always is like so moved by music artists for some reason. Like mm -hmm. he's like you or he like loves music. And he was literally kept telling me, look around, look around, like look at how many people are drawn into her mm. like can you imagine that feeling mm. and it's like everybody can access that feeling yeah it just might not look the same way taylor yeah. does that's what we want we want to yeah. feel that way and mm -hmm. we just have to remember that us yeah. the way we feel that way is going to be our way yeah and you know it's also so important to make the distinction that it's when we're looking at her alignment we're not measuring it by how many people are looking up to her right there's so many people that are making literally changing the world in the most quiet ways there's also some people who are changing themselves because their karma was to evolve themselves and they're feeling more fulfilled 10 times more fulfilled than a taylor swift right or, you know it's it's about the inner feeling that we're chasing rather than looking at someone like that and thinking she's successful just because you know it's not about success is not about an alignment is not about the fact that you're impacting millions of people and i think it's important to make that a distinction just in today's world um because we measure so much by what you called it vanity metrics yesterday of like mm -hmm. how many followers how many people are listening it's about the depth that the, you're moving those people right if you're on stage and your your work is to move people emotionally let's just say let's take an artist like that 
then how much are you succeeding at that task, right? Um, how much are you succeeding at doing the things that your soul knows it needs to do, um, no matter what that is, you know? And some people, it's their karma is to become really good at um, nurturing people. And that's when they're going to feel the most alive and joyful. And again, you know, nurturing people, it could be, it's about the size you take it to. So yeah, you could nurture just your kids and that be just as fulfilling as, you know, taking your nurturing skills and, you know, nurturing um, the way that a famous TV chef would nurture people, for example, right? So your the size of your success is just about the size that you take your gift to, which is your choice. But size is not equal more success. Size is not equal necessarily more fulfillment. And I think that's also another thing that we need to start talking about is that sometimes if you're a 70% visibility right, in the world, let's say however you would measure that, would you want to be 80% visibility? Because that's not necessarily a definite yes, you know. For example, um, if you are a journalist, right, the normal career progression is, oh, well, you just become an editor. But those are two different skills, completely different. Your day-to-day -day life looks completely different. So do you actually want that? Is that going to actually fulfill you or is that just the path that's being carved to you and that's just your natural assumption, right? If you are a micro-influencer, that's a totally different set of skills and a totally different relationship to brands and a totally different level of retention. Actually, you could argue a better level of retention than just, you know, having millions and millions of followers and that comes with its own um, challenges. It's it's about different what what challenges you're happy to contend with at any point in your right in your life, right? So being a chef and owning a restaurant, completely different things, right? Um, being a podcaster and having a podcast network, completely different things. Um, we were talking about a potential business idea yesterday and then I was like, but the thing is, if we did this, we would have to do too much managing and none of us really like managing. Mm. If someone was good at managing like a team or people or whatever, then we would choose to do it that way but oh actually how can we do that same thing but with doing it in the way that our day-to-day -day life suits us better you know you were saying that recently on your story I think where you're like people um they're reaching for these specific roles or goals but it's do you actually want that day-to-day -day yeah is thinking about it because what you really want to care about is like what your day-to-day -day feels like yeah because otherwise it's not going to be sustainable you can you can plug and play I'm just using an influencer because I feel like it's a good thing that so many people think they want to be. Yeah. Um, you can plug and play like being an influencer of, you know, whatever, fashion, beauty, health, spirituality, anything, right? You can plug and play that formula, but what's going to happen, you're going to waste so much energy if it's not the day-to-day -day that, if you're kind of white-knuckling it through the process of getting there, once you're there, you're going to feel unfulfilled and then you're basically going to have to go back and figure out something else and you know, redo certain parts of the process and you're going to be starting further back. You have to go back a couple steps and be like, okay, well, I got here and I'm really not fulfilled or I'm really burnt out or I'm really actually unhappy or this isn't what I thought it was going to be. So then you have to go back a bit and ask the questions and retrace the steps, right? So you may as well start at the beginning and say, hold on a second, is the actual process of doing it fun for me? Because if it isn't, and listen, there's obviously certain sacrifices you have to make or there's certain parts of it you just have to like go through it. But genuinely to think about what your day-to-day -day life will look like when you have the thing you want is like 
so under talked about. I couldn't agree more. And I love that we talked about this. I feel like this whole conversation is about like being, you know, an innovator, being innovative Mm -hmm. and just using, you know, these people as examples of that. And um, if I could ask you one last question um, that I feel like you could have something really great to share with us is that if why, first off, why is being an innovator, not just like, you know, needing Mm. to be an innovator on this massive scale where you're going to get an iHeartRadio innovator award, but Mm -hmm. why on a, where we're at in the time frame of life that we're in right now, why is it so important for us to be innovating in our own lives? Mm -hmm. Because um, we are moving into a different time um, from a human design lens, from an astrological lens, from even if you just kind of, you know, take a read on the time, we're moving into a time where the focus is going to be so much more on us becoming our real selves the value is going to be on the individual rather than on the structures and um, institutions and constitutions that we find ourselves homogenized into and so um, in order to break those structures what happens is yes some people it's aligned for them to literally take down the structures but on a mass level how those structures get fall away is that everybody just dares to color outside the line so that the structures are just not relevant anymore. They don't have the hold over us because we're just not going according to their way. And it can be, and I think it will be, you know, the last three years has been very sort of affrontive and it's been in a very sort of, um, in a very um, acerbic type of way. Whereas I think now we're moving into a time where, and we spoke about this yesterday, it will just, it will be more gentle and less, um, there'll be so much quiet revolution that will just happen by people just, "Mm, you know what, I'm kind of sick of doing this thing that I used to do. Or, you know, that kind of slow evolution of us gently moving into who we are. And, And that's what I mean, you know, when we talk about innovating, it's just, daring to become the the iteration of you that is the most unusual which is also going to be the most magnificent which is also going to be the most surprising to the world because the world won't have seen that before and you won't have seen it before and you will surprise yourself when you just have those little moments of clicking more into place you know and so not only is it a freaking amazing feeling where you get to really witness your own magnificence, not because you've tried to be magnificent, but because it was there all along and you just let it come out by saying no to the prescriptions. Um, but it's also the thing that's going to change the world because the more we see other people like, oh, Taylor Swift like is totally cool by doing that. Okay. And we don't even need someone to say it to us. We will feel it off each other. You know, we'll be able to like be in the energy of, loads of people just giving themselves the licensing to do life their own way and then that kind of even subconsciously makes it the new norm and that's how you know that's what innovation is at the deepest level of you know the technology of the soul 